Welcome to Spike's Podcast, where we reflect on the joy of running amidst the joy of life. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Spike's Podcast. It's Saturday, the 4th of July. Um, A significant day in the U.S., Perhaps made even more significant today because we celebrate the 10th anniversary of Steve Runner and Fidipidations. And uh, yeah, many of you, I guess, are listeners to Fidipidations. It is a very uh, major component of the running podcast community and Steve has delivered great service to the community over a number of years now, well 10 years (laughs) I know exactly how many years 10 years Uh, I think Steve's putting up a a celebratory podcast which um, several of us have had the pleasure of contributing to so I hope you enjoy that and to Steve I hope you raise a glass of uh, nice cold Sam Adams or a decent Cab Franc um, and reflect back on all you've done for us Um, and as a uh, podcaster myself you know there have been times where to begin with I somehow got this out once a week but uh, so many other things seem to press on my time now that uh, you're really lucky to get two spikes in a month these days but I'm still here still making the effort (laughs) now I don't know if you sense it Um, you're obviously listening to me recording as I said in the past huffing and puffing on um, <laughs> on my run uh, I don't think that my huff and puff is as severe as it was in fact if I'm not trying to record I know it isn't 
Um, so what's going on? Well, those of you that have listened to my ramblings over a period of time might recall that uh, a year or so ago I got sort of shortage of breath um, and you know I just particularly when exercising found my pace was was dropping but I was breathing really quite hard almost like a sort of asthmatic feeling um, and you know I went to to the dock had uh, various tests x-rays ECG echocardiogram um, all of which showed nothing no problems um, but I did pick up from Chris Runner sorry do apologize Chris Chris Russell uh, the Run Run Live podcast and he had an interview with Dave McGilvery of um, Boston Marathon race directing fame Dave McGilvery a very talented athlete in his own right and Dave's a similar sort of age demeanor and uh, he reported almost identical symptoms to what I was experiencing uh, including nothing showing up on the various heart tests that he had except he pursued it a bit further and uh, it was actually an angiogram which revealed that he had some blocking of the of the arteries to his heart um, and Dave's response was well what can I do about this and uh, the cardiologist advised him that it would be something but lifestyle change certainly in terms of of his diet um, and perhaps as I recall a bit more rest you know what I mean regular sleeping type rest and Dave being very disciplined uh, did as required and with no medication pretty much solved his problems well I listened to that uh, particular podcast and I thought well let me try and make some adaptations here now sleep I'm pretty good at you know I, I do get up early but um, you know not very early by the standards of many and equally 
uh, I'm in bed pretty early. So eight hours of sleep at night is quite routine for me. Um, and I don't know if you recall, I did speak about this after I'd done it and extraordinarily the day that I changed my diet um, I suddenly seemed to feel better. Now, I don't know, was it that rapid response, which might well have been purely psychological. In fact, you know, for a diet change to take effect, it's going to take a few days. So I'm pretty sure it was placebo or psychological. But uh, anyway, it seemed to work well for me. Um, but, but, am I as disciplined as I might be? Well, in the end, clearly not. Uh, because over the weeks and it's during months, I, um, I let my diet kind of slip again. Now, what are the main diet issues? For me, first and foremost, saturated fat, particularly cheese. I love cheese. Um, and you know, part of our weekly shop would be to go to the cheese counter of our local the high-end supermarket, if you will. Um, you know, European cheeses, British cheeses, trying lots of different types. Um, and my standard lunch, bread, cheese, maybe a bit of fruit. Um, frequently, another slice of bread. Gina's delicious marmalade. Um, Meat-wise, yeah, moderately heavy consumption of red meats. Uh, I like beef, lamb and pork. Um, I'm keen on sausages, cold cuts, you know, all pretty high fat content and uh, perhaps the other thing was <coughs> chocolate I did like a couple of squares of chocolate almost every night and occasionally perhaps too frequently it would be double that amount so four squares you know I wasn't into a whole bar of chocolate, but pretty much daily eating chocolate. Um, Booze-wise, uh, regularly, but not ever to excess. So typically 
Gina and I will have a glass of wine with dinner. Usually it's two small amounts of wine so that we can, you know, in a, in a large wine glass, maybe fill it, definitely no more than a third. Um, not only because it just restricts our consumption a bit, but actually, you're drinking wine, one of the main senses is the smell, and uh, you can't smell wine very well if it's filled the whole glass. Much better just to, now to put about a third of a glass full, swirl the glass around the side of the wine, around the glass, and um, let it breathe. Let it begin to oxidise. Is that, I'm not sure it would oxidise. Oh, I'm not sure my chemistry now. Um, it would take on oxygen, so that would be oxidation, wouldn't it? Somebody will tell me. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so, and I love beer, but, you know, in a normal, normal week, if I have one glass of beer, that's probably it. Um, holidays tend to consume more beer, part of the treat, but not during the day um, of a regular day. So, you know, that was my diet. Those were the problems my diet was creating in that too much fat, <coughs> pretty heavy on sugars, <coughs> whether by direct or by alcohol or whatever, you know, just in the end, not, not a good diet, you know, now to counter that, um, I would say that we always have three veg with each dinner. Um, we don't eat white breads. Uh, I don't eat too much stuff and nonsense. And we don't, what was I gonna say? We don't snack. Um, snacks mid-morning might be nuts and tomatoes uh, later in the day perhaps another piece of fruit but we're not heavy on biscuits or um, cake or other uh, such stuff so the problem was that after my initial flurry with the McGilvery recommended changes, uh, over a period of time it slipped back again. And uh, I found, of course, my breathing deteriorated again. Just became laboured 
particularly uh, how say particularly on exercise I mean I would notice it sometimes it would just be oh it's quite static and sometimes exercise helps a bit certainly all a bit confusing anyway I thought do you know I have been here before so I am um, queued up Chris's interview with David McGilvery again and I listened to it again and of course uh, it's just the same podcast so no advice changed and I just knew uh, I had to make an effort here so I have uh, cut back my cheese consumption to almost zero um, no more lovely chunks of cheddar or good quality gouda or comte um, red leicester oh you know we'd have it all so I'm missing those a lot but you know not to the point of I'm going to risk my health for them you know I've had 60 odd years of enjoying cheese so seems like I might have to give it up now and I said almost cut it out I'm going to have um, this week made pesto so you know, I did put cheese in that but relative amounts quite small for me um, I'm eating a lot more fish fish now well many lunch times and as a supper dish two and often three times a week um, other meals could well be um, omelette do love omelettes uh, as I say this week pasta with homemade pesto on um, so meat oh chicken lots lots more chicken um, I still delight in some of Gina's marmalade but moderately modestly um, still drink still drink wine um, and I have had I would say in the past fortnight uh, four squares of chocolate so that again reduced dramatically and again entirely unsurprisingly my breathing is very much improved um, so much so that my run times have dropped again you know dropped meaning improved um, typically I can comfortably run now at around 810 per mile whereas it was struggling 
to do 8.30 and seemingly going ever slower but you know now it's come back a little bit I'm not going daft you know if I have set up a heart condition then uh, I need to be careful now <laughs> that's a funny phrase isn't it a heart condition all of us have a heart condition might be a1 supremely fit but it's still your heart condition <laughs> so there we go a strange use of the English language perhaps I should say if I have a heart complaint or the potential for one then I need to uh, exercise with a little caution and uh, it's a nice nice and lovely Saturday afternoon temperatures around uh, 23 degrees centigrade um, what would that be? mid 70s Fahrenheit so for many of you a cool day a day that you would delight in here in the UK really anything above 20 degrees centigrade we kind of feel it's hot <laughs> um, and so this week we've been up you know uh, 28, 29 degrees where I live um, yeah, so 82, 84 centigrade that's Fahrenheit sorry and uh, you know that's that's warm for us now having said that I quite like running in the heat I've said this before on spikes doesn't worry me to go out in moderately warm temperatures you know I wouldn't like everyone I struggle with real extremes so once you start getting over 32 centigrade then uh, getting warm perhaps too warm for me to enjoy my running but upper 20s centigrade I'm happy with and it's interesting is that how you know we get quite a varied climate in the UK so yeah I have known minus 23 centigrade up in Scotland and certainly this week in in London they recorded um, 36.7 centigrade so you know a wide a wide range over the seasons and you'd think that would create in us a wide ranging tolerance well I suppose because we live here in a sense it does you know um, I still live here but yeah, we clearly have that zone which we find 
most favourable. And uh, as I say, generally for for most Brits, 20, maybe 22 centigrade, they're good outdoor temperatures. Not a lot of us like it hotter, but as a general statement, I'm going to plumb for those sort of figures. And uh, just had an illustration of where our comfortable range is on um, on the last flight of our recent holiday trip. We were flying from Abu Dhabi, the Middle East, to London. Um, the big 8380 Airbus, a huge passenger plane, and uh, in a row of th three seats, Gina and I had two, and we shared the row with a gentleman who I imagined to be African, um, and by halfway through the flight home, I was reclined in my seat. It was about uh, five o'clock in the morning. Um, but I was wearing long trousers and a short-sleeved summer shirt. Didn't bother having my in-flight blanket over me. I was entirely comfortable. The gentleman next to me had on a full layer of clothes, including a suit jacket. He had a hat pulled down tight on his head. He had his in-flight blanket on him. And he took out the in-flight socks and wore those on his hands. Now, I'm not making any judgment here. <laughs> Please forgive me if it sounds like it. I'm simply uh, interested in what appears to be the base reference point for temperatures for us. And uh, clearly this gentleman, his base reference was a whole lot higher than mine was. <laughs> so, now, another subject. Um, and here, we get to the point where not scripting spikes becomes an issue. Because, you know, without going back and listening, I don't know if I can recall what I've been watching with my morning DVD session and uh, I can't recall if I've told you recent changes so uh, got to the end of Breaking Bad watched series 5 of The Wire both big 5 star reviews from me um, and then uh, I finally started watching a series that really I only know through its reputation 
and that series is the West Wing. The uh, story is at the beginning of President Bartlett in the White House. Now, as far as I'm concerned, a good film, or indeed a good series, is frequently dependent on the acting, the reality of location, the, uh, the empathy that I feel with the storyline. Um, and I can think what I end up taking away from it, uh, the learning, if you like. But the key element, the key thing which makes the difference between a film or a show that only 50% uh, on those four boxes can be wholly salvaged by a strong, very well-written script. Now, many people have commented on the script-writing ability of Aaron Storkin. Um, I would have to say, to me, the West Wing Although he's done stuff since, it's a, a kind of crowning glory, really, um, in my mind. Yeah, because it is sharp and sassy. Um, you really want to hear every word, every nuance, every inflection. And also, he can write comedy. He can even write slapstick. He can write moral truths. Um, he can challenge your own thinking. Um, now I know, as the series goes on, Aaron Sorkin isn't the only writer, but uh, I had series one as a gift, and. Um, with a very serious one of the West Wing. And uh, just last week, as I came towards the end of it, I ordered um, the complete series. Got a spare copy of series one now, but um, you know, much cheaper to buy the whole series than you know, the whole seven series than a series one at a time. So, now I've just started series two of the West Wing. And, uh, yeah, a really full-on engaging, well-told story. I guess most, if not all of the rest of you would have watched it. But, uh, if you haven't, well, my view is you give yourself a big treat if you got hold of it now. In the UK, I got the complete seven series 
uh, box set for I think around 60 pounds with postage so you know it's it's really not uh, not wildly expensive for all that entertainment really so just a gentle but longish climb this climb goes on for about a mile starts them more steeply but now I'm in the leveling out bit uh, still using the concept too the moment I'm finding uh, that alternate days on the rower or running working out nicely especially since with the, the changes I described earlier in this episode I'm just upping my mileage a little bit again so uh, you know, whereas before I really was grimacing a bit through three miles uh, now you know quite happily back up to five plus and uh, might just extend it out a bit more still got to be careful of my joints my right knee continues to uh, indicate to me that it's not entirely happy and uh, similarly but not quite as noticeably my left hip just a little bit of pain creeping in there but you know uh, I know that with my age it won't get significantly better than this um, so the aim has to be not to make it any worse so nice shortish strides um, working with decent form trying to concentrate I don't know if you've um, picked up tool in the background of the run but uh, I've been on a big loop and a little way away there is a, a church fate going on uh, fate um, I mean people in Britain will know the term many others will but it's if you will a sort of a charity fair um, Typically there'll be uh, simple sideshows, you know, coconut shy, um, ping pong ball into the jam jar, that sort of thing. There'll be uh, competitions, so best cake, maybe a flower show, um, probably fancy dress. There might well be some simple children's races and uh, of course there'll be a tea tent pouring gallons of tea consuming pounds and pounds of 
homemade cake and uh, people will be out in summer suits gentlemen usually wear Panama hats and uh, you know it's a, a low-key but fun afternoon for a local community and uh, nice to just hear it going on I've been at one stage I was quite close but it was relatively quieter then and I'm now probably a mile and a half away but just occasionally I was getting the sound of the cheers and shouts um, carried on the wind so still climbing but the, uh, the crest is in sight a good feeling and so on this occasion I flatten for maybe I don't know 400 meters then uh, uphill again but only a shortish climb up through a housing estate and then a long descent back to back to home um, be on my own when I get in Gina has gone to up to Oxford to collect her son who has now finished this period of university he's um has completed a four years master's degree um, had his viva on Wednesday happened to be his birthday and uh, we now await the result be interesting to see where he goes from here I think he's partially minded to take on a doctorate um, but his degree will kind of influence that um, but fingers crossed because yeah I hope that he gets the chance to to choose what he wants to do rather than be driven too much down a path that said dear old Brucey is a price procrastinator so uh, in some ways choice would be more difficult for him but hey ho none of us like to be forced into things we like to think that we have some control of our own destiny um, it's interesting that uh, I remember now several years ago listening to some research that had been done on um, stress created by different job profiles and uh, it's interesting that the findings showed that by all clinical measurement one of the most stressful jobs around was that of being a call centre operative um, and the problem there seems to be that 
people doing this work have almost no control over their workflow and they might have a really difficult call um, and they might have been rejected on several calls and then and they have a really difficult call and uh, they get through that they put the phone down and instantly it rings again there's no no pause no let up no chance to gather yourself and uh, breathe again anyway and it's interesting that you know, we think about many jobs as being really stressful but often when you're more senior in a in a business then um, you take on much more control of what's going to happen in your day you know, the more senior you are in a sense the more control you have if you're a CEO of a big company you might be taking difficult complex decisions um, you might even have to do some of those quite quickly but if you turn around and say to a secretary then and you just uh, block me out for the next hour reschedule um, appointments whatever then yeah you can do that and because you're the CEO most times nobody will argue uh, and um, this, this thought takes me to just one more very small item and a bit of life experience this week um, so I was at a local retail outlet doesn't really matter you know typical edge of town large building lots of floor space one rather bored looking cashier at the paid desk at the end of the building quite quiet I purchased well I picked up my item uh, value about £10 you know $15 uh, as I walked up to the cashier who was um, a female of maybe 18 years old something like that maybe 20 um, hi, hi. All right. and uh, I placed my item on the counter which she scanned and then she said £9.99 and I thought okay I inserted my card into the card reader paid the bill she ripped off the the receipt gave it back to me with my card in total silence 
Now, part of me said, uh, is it worth making a fuss? But another part of me said, look, that sort of service will stop me using a retailer. You know, my protest is small, but it's mine and it's in my control. And uh, so I thought, well, I've got to say something. And so I just asked, I hope in a polite tone, but I said to her, can you tell me, have you had any customer service training? Uh, to which her response was, what? <laughs> um, so I repeated myself. And she looked at me quizzically and said, yes. And I said, well, you've just completed a transaction with me without saying please or thank you. Not once. And uh, I could see a kind of flash of recognition across her eyes. Yeah, maybe, maybe the memory of her parents saying, <laughs> what do you say? Please and thank yous. Yeah, and, uh, and she did. Um, I felt, you know, at least she had the good grace to say, I'm very sorry. Um, and I hope she'll, uh, she'll take it away. You know, just as a, a gentle admonishment. Um, hopefully a lesson. Because, you know, that sort of attitude will, I'm afraid, play badly into her employment prospects. Yeah. Um, and I really did mean it as a simple act of guidance. Um, I hope she didn't feel I was too much of a pompous ass. But there we go. It was done for the best of reasons. <laughs> so, uh, last few minutes I've been on a long, gentle downhill, which is the reward after that long climb. Um, my pace has been quite relaxed today. You know, I wanted to be able to record in a way that you could uh, hear reasonably comfortably. Um, so I haven't pushed it too hard. I would imagine I might be around 8.30, even 8.40 a mile. But you know, it's been very comfortable. Uh, nice and, and relaxed. I was sounded more like that to you than some of my recent huffs and puffs. Anyway, folks, uh, a couple more bends and I'm home. So, getting towards the sign out, let me repeat my very best wishes to, to Steve, Steve Ronner. Uh, I just wish all my American friends a happy 4th of July. Oh, oh gosh. That was something which I set out with, something very important, and uh, in my ramblings I haven't got to it. Um, I have a friend on Daily Mile, um, Deborah from Austin in Texas, and uh, I noticed that Deborah had not been posting for a while, and uh, so I just sent her a 
a sort of personal message through Daily Mail and um, just ask how she was and uh, she was in good form and she said uh, she asked if I had seen that the uh, US Supreme Court had passed a ruling to make same-sex marriage uh, a legitimate right across the all the states of the US and um, Deb Deborah has been uh, with her partner Rachel for 16 years and now in two weeks time they will marry <laughs> which I just think is such a delight you know that at last they can they can share uh, the same rights and, and society's approval really of how they wish to live and love in their lives you know and um, I just want to extend publicly here now my heartiest congratulations and those of Gina too to Deborah and Rachel and their family and I hope they have a really great party and I hope just in one corner they might picture the community of us runners cheering, clapping, waving rainbow flags and uh, sharing in their delight. Now, you know, I don't want to put it down on that because that's a very, to me, a beautiful thought. I know it's not a thought that's shared by everyone and I do respect that some people will find the Supreme Court's decision difficult for them. For whatever reason, I'm not going to make any judgment or comment, but for most of us, I believe, I believe the vast majority of us, we are full of delight, full of joy. So today, I'd like to say to you, run and love with joy.